Hi, this is Stuart Hardy with All In Sports Outreach, and I'm so excited for you to hear episode number 92 of our podcast. I am so fired up about this episode. I have been counting down the days to be able to introduce you to Coach Chris Melson. He's currently the head football coach at Mansfield Legacy High School, Mansfield, Texas, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. He's married to Judy. They have three kids. But above that, just an incredible man, loves the Lord, just a passion for God's Word. I can tell you, when I sat down and talked to Coach Melson a few weeks ago, the passion that he has for God's Word is so contagious. It renewed my passion to dig deeper in the Word. But his, his testimony, his passion um, for using coaching as a ministry, I promise you, no matter where you are in life, will encourage you. He played college football at, at Oklahoma. He's been coaching ever since. Just incredible success on the field, and I believe, because he's faithful with God's Word. So without further delay, let's jump right into it. Well, thanks for joining me today, Coach Melson. You're welcome. Glad to be here, Stuart. Awesome. I always like to start these off just because a lot of listeners may not be familiar with who you are, a little bit about your background, where you grew up, your family growing up, and then tell us about your family today. Well, uh, grew up in Oklahoma. My dad was a high school football coach, high school track coach, uh, born in Duncan, Oklahoma. My dad was head coach in Marlowe, Oklahoma, and then we moved to Sulphur, Oklahoma, he's head coach there, and then Conowa, Oklahoma, head coach there. And then uh, we moved to Enid, Oklahoma, and he was at D.C. there for five years. And then I finished, uh, moved to Ada, Oklahoma in eighth grade, and he was a coach there, and I uh, finished my high school career there. And then uh, went to college at the University of Oklahoma, I started quarterback for Coach Switzer in uh, a couple games, ended up playing receiver, and then graduated, went back to my hometown, Ada, became a football coach. Uh, and it's been my 28th year of being a coach. Wow. And my dad made it 41, so I'm trying to catch him. And then uh, and now my wife's uh, named Judy. We've been married 25 years. have three children. Uh, Kyler's uh, 23. It's my daughter. She's a hair, hairstylist and really good at that in Midlothian, Texas. Then my two boys are Jordan, who just graduated from Legacy. He's going to Mary Harden Baylor in the fall. Awesome. And then my son, Major, will be a senior at Legacy. So, uh that's my family, and that's kind of my background. That's awesome. So did you grow up in a family of faith, and then at what point did you decide, you know what, I need a personal relationship with Jesus. There is, there's nothing else I can do to earn it. I need that relationship. Oh, yeah. Well, my parents took us to church a lot, but as you see, we moved a lot. Mm-hmm. I think the first, let's see, kindergarten, first, second, third, and fourth, I was at a different town. Wow. And so the church is... Uh, but now in third, now third, skinny around the first, second, third, it's different towns. Fourth grade is a different school, but same town. So when we got to Enid, Oklahoma, we, we got real involved with the church there for the first time. Uh, and, uh, you know, got involved in a little youth group and kids programs, things like that. And uh, But then uh, uh, the summer after my seventh grade year, I went to a Christian uh, camp, uh, Falls Creek. It's a big Baptist encampment down in southern Oklahoma. And, uh, man, the guy was up there talking about uh, giving your life to Christ and, and talking about sin and forgiveness and mm. what Christ did for us on the cross. And I was like, I've never done that. Mm. I felt God pulling my heart, tugging on me, the Holy Spirit. And I, I went, went up and talked to somebody about accepting Christ. And I was 13. I became a Christian. That's so awesome. that's when I gave my life to, to Christ and made him Lord of my life. And, you know, of course, changed everything. 
Yeah, absolutely. I know that's a similar story to a lot of people that grow up in the church. You know, at least I did. I think I took for granted growing up in the church, and I was a teenager as well. When you know, really realized that I'd gone through this thing called confirmation in the, mm. in the Methodist church when I was twelve, and got baptized, and I didn't have a clue what a Christian was. Mm-hmm. And I went to that camp the next year, and whoa, I need a. I mean, I I need that. I want to be. I want to be forgiven. I want to get to know Jesus. And, and it changed everything. That's so, awesome. Uh, yep. We'll talk a little bit more about that. Um, I want to talk a little bit about your, your sports. You mentioned playing at Oklahoma. Um, Why did you pick OU? Well, I grew up in Oklahoma. I mean, I'm a Sooner. Yeah. I guess my dad took me to my first OU football game when I was six years old. Oh, wow. On my sixth birthday. Oh, wow. And they were playing Kansas State. I guess it was 1974. There were some guys at OU's team named the Selman Brothers and Joe Washington and Steve Davis and Tinker Owens. And and my dad was a high school coach, and he knew one of the coaches there real well, so he got us into the locker room after the game, and, of course, that was it. I was like, when I grow up, I want to play at OU, and I never lost that dream. Hmm. I never lost that thought, never, ever. And so uh, God blessed me with some ability and a great program to play in in high school, and we won a state championship when I was a senior, and I was a quarterback, free safety, and Coach Switzer and Coach Proctor, uh, my DB coach, offered me a scholarship, and I signed with them in February 13th, 1987, one of my favorite days ever. And uh, I would won a state, like I said, and December 13th won a state championship. It was Ada's 13th state championship wow. in school history. It was our 13th win of the year, and I signed my scholarship on February 13th. So it's not really an unlucky number. Now my son wears number 13. So, um, But that was a big, big time for me. And, uh, of course, I loved Oklahoma. I could have gone to UCLA, Stanford, wow. OU, OSU, Tulsa. Uh, those are the ones that really recruited me heavily. And uh, just, I was a Sooner. I mean, I love OU. I still love OU. What's it like living in Texas, being that much of an OU fan? Oh, it's fine. They Although got, in the North, Dallas area, there's Texas, a bunch of them. North yeah. Texas is uh, a, lot of, a lot of Sooner fans. Right, Probably yeah. more than there are UT fans that I know of. That's true. A lot of Aggies up there in North Texas. Oh, yeah. A lot of TCU guys, Baylor. But uh, Oklahoma's pretty strong. So you um, you mentioned you're going into your 28th year. You've been at Mansfield Legacy, the first coach they've ever hired. So talk about um, what it's like to to start a program. Well, I mean, I, <clears throat> my, my first job was in Electra, Texas, my first head coaching job. A little 1A school for two years. Then wow. I got hired at a big 5A school, brand-new school in, in uh, Mansfield at Legacy. And, you know, I didn't know how to do that. You know, I'd never done that. I didn't even know how you start doing something like that. So I read some books, and I heard a guy speak once uh, that spring, uh, talked about if you're going to run a business or start a business or an organization, you need to have some core values. Mm. And then you need to uh, have a mission statement that, that in, incorporates all your core values and go with it. And so huh, prayed about it a lot, and uh, we came up with seven core values for Legacy High School football. And I made a mission statement that incorporated those, and uh, I've never left them. And we just kind of started from there. Wow. What are those core values? Uh, the first one is team. We value the team. They're all biblical. There's a verse that goes with them. Don't make me quote them today because I can't remember all That's of them. That's all good. Uh, the next one is um, uh, truth. We value the truth, and that's Jesus Christ and mm. his word and honesty and those things. And then we value uh, hard work. Uh, you know, you got to value hard work uh, Proverbs 14:23, and then there's uh, we value uh, relationships uh, our, one of our biggest values is the relationships we have with one another our players our coaches then we value uh, 
championships. We value winning. You know, First Corinthians nine, twenty-four says, uh, you know, you run to win. You run to win. Mm-hmm. You might not win, but you run to win. Only one gets to win, but you run to win. And then we value uh, today. We think every day is important. That's good. And then we value the future. I think those kids' future is a big deal. And I like obviously that. the future is, for me is eternity. And so all those things that I believe in are very, very important for eternity. We, we try to incorporate in that those mission statements. Or the mission statement is, do you want to know the mission statement? Sure, go ahead. Because the core, the core values are all in there. The first thing is our, our mission at Legacy High School Football is to win championships based on the relationships we build with our team as we work hard today for our future. Wow, that's good. So that's our mission statement. God, God gave it to me way back when. Uh, that's it. It's all over our, it's all over our facility. Uh, those core values are in every locker room. And, uh, they've never really changed. You know, it's kind of who we are. That's good. So, you, I mean, obviously your faith plays a big role in, in who you are and, and your coaching. Um, any resistance over the years from administration, parents, players? You know, there's been some minor resistance, mm-hmm. but I just kind of wade through it, you mm-hmm. know, just kind of say yes, okay, and then just kind of keep doing what I feel the Lord leads me to do. So That's awesome. You know, I just don't know how you could do – I don't know how you could do anything if you, if you love the Lord and – and he's just the Lord of your life. How, how can you not incorporate that into everything you do? I, I don't know. I guess people do. I just don't know how. Yeah. And so I'm going to be that way. But there's been a little resistance, <clears throat> not a lot. But uh, for the most part, it's been met where I live in my community and in our towns. God's given me a lot of favor. Absolutely. With that, so and that's very clear. I mean, and I, I was preparing for this, and because your name's been mentioned by several previous guests and I was reading about you know just you've won awards you know a lot of them dealing with character and I know you're involved in FCA and coaches outreach so it says a lot that um, you know God does have favor yeah um, I think so you know I think obedience leads to favor that's right uh, and, and blessings and disobedience leads to consequences and we try to teach our players that it's real simple but it's really biblical and then I you know I think that um you know, I just want to impart that on my kids. You know, I, I want to, when it's all said and done, God, you got to be a good steward with what you've been given, right? That's right. Yeah, absolutely. So whether your time, your talents. and Whether you're a coach or whatever career. I, I mean, really want to become a head easy. coach, Stuart, because I was under some really good head coaches. Mm. But some of the things that some of them were teaching our kids, some of the, it wasn't really truthful, full of God's truth. It was pretty good world, worldly earthly type stuff that mm-hmm. might get them through a workout right get them through a practice a game a season but to get them through eternity Amen. Yeah, I just wasn't hearing it and so if I can become the head coach mm. then I can set the direction for the program and so then I can kind of make sure that things are said and done and, and done in a way that is God honoring and truthful Amen. so the kids kids minds aren't filled with a bunch of junk so Absolutely. that's kind of what God put on my heart. Well, I know as a, I'm a dad of a high school athlete now, and I mean that's that's very important. I know as a as a parent, that's what I value. You I know, mean, if they obviously <clears throat> you want them to to get the best coaching for their sport, but well, you know what I think it's building men. I think if you're a committed Christian, you should be the best coach possible. That's right. Who should be a better coach? When the amen. Bible says, "Whatever you do, work after all your heart." Yes, it's working for the Lord. So. I mean, why, why, yeah. Why do it, right? I mean, 
And my, my daddy kind of raised me that way, too. You're going to do something, do it with all your might. And uh, that's biblical. That's right. Yeah, but, that's, uh, that's good. So, you know, I think <laughs> I think a Christian, anything. That's right, yeah. Doctor, so, lawyer. Yeah, whatever field you're in. Yeah, I mean, it needs to be the best. Do the very best you can to honor the Lord. That's right. So, therefore, if I'm going to be the very best football coach, well, I better teach and tackle good, line up right, uh, block, catch, uh, be a good teammate, discipline. I mean, you do it all. And you try That's to stay right. up with it all the time. Help That's them get right. recruited and all that. Absolutely. And uh, give the best program you can for those kids. I got a question just in your time in coaching. Um, I know this is a, a fun one that a lot of people like to hear. Um, is there an athlete or two, just pure athletics, that just stands out to you that you've coached? Oh, yeah. But first year I ever coached, I was a seventh grade and ninth grade football coach in my mm. old high school. And we had a quarterback who was a freshman named Brandon Daniels. Brandon Daniels was the most amazing football player uh, that I had ever seen and that I have ever seen for the last 25 years. Uh, and this year, uh, two years ago, I had a young man in my program named Jalen Catalan. Mm. And Jalen Catalan was as good on defense as Brandon was on offense. But Brandon Daniels is the greatest high school football player I've ever seen. Wow. And then Jalen Catalan is just just right there. Those two are, and I'm talking to any team I've ever coached against, seen play on TV, Brandon Daniels, Jalen Catalan, the two, 25 years apart, best two I've ever seen. I saw some clips of uh, Jalen, and I was at an FCA awards banquet where he was being one of the finalists for an award, and they showed some of his clips, and I was impressed just with his, um, just as a person, just seemed Great very kid. humble. and Brandon was the same way. Just just hearing him talk, hearing his story on the stage, I, mm-hmm. I was blown away just by the humility. And um, and then obviously they showed a lot of highlight reel. Yeah, if you uh, watch his video. huddle tape, it's it's unbelievable. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. And Brandon Daniels, same. He's incredible. That's incredible. Awesome. He went to Oklahoma and uh, played one year for Bob Stoops. Started was, a, I think he became first team All Big Twelve kick returner, best receiver they had. Played receiver one year. Hmm. Still the best player. Those two guys are incredible. What about, I know there's probably a number of stories just by the way you said, obviously the way you approach coaching, but is there a one that just stands out to you where an athlete where you just saw God really use you in their life? Gosh, you know, um, I don't know. I think um, a lot of kids come and go, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, I don't know all of them. I don't know, I don't know the impact I've had on mm. some of them, but Obviously, there are some that need you more than others. That's right. Um, but it's it's really hard to say. I don't. I can't say there's this one kid who. There was a kid in Electra, Texas, named uh, Michael Reynolds, and mm. uh, he didn't play football when I got there. And we talked him into playing. And he was really, really downcast kid. Mm. Didn't have much self-esteem. Didn't didn't. Was it was an outcast and nobody liked him. And we got him playing and going and. And, uh, boy, his life is really, really taking a turn for the better. And mm. He stays in contact with us. He, and my assistant coach, Jim Cooper, who's out there with me, uh, really impacted him, too. And so I think that young man's life took a, a big t- – we call him U-turn. Because hmm. I, was, I was driving down the road in there in Electra, and uh, he was riding his bicycle. I U-turned. I said, hey, what's your name, son? You go to school? I'm in the band. Okay. And I think – once he became a football player and he got confident, he was a really good player for us. Really, almost, he got recruited. Played two years of high school football. He's probably six two, 
275 and could run, move his feet. And, uh, and uh, anyway, he ended up in the military. Now he's a, he's a, uh, a doctor and uh, got a great life, great wow. wife, kids. He was adopted. Mm. And, uh, just, but the, the, the impact that we had, and he's a Christian. Um, now we've taken probably well, 300 kids to FCA camp in the last 12 mm-hmm. years of legacy. Many, many of those young men gave their life to Christ. That's awesome. And not because of me. Right. At all. But that God has used a man in our community and his, his, wife, his, no, his wife, his daughter, to raise funds to send our kids mm. almost for free. Wow. And so I've had several coaches drive the bus and get them down there. I work the camp, but God does the work. And, but it's, I know it's had a huge impact on their lives. But I don't have one kid that... Maybe you turn Michael Reynolds. I like that story. I love Michael him. Reynolds and the whole story, the whole U-turn thing. I mean, that's just and then his life to the U-turn, right? I mean, U-turn. That's, that's awesome, Michael. That's incredible. He's awesome. So the demands of a coach, um, especially in Texas, especially head coach, is a lot. So how do you balance that with also being a, a good husband, a good dad? Well, my most important number one job is being a good husband. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's that's more important than anything. That's right. And number two is being a good dad, mm-hmm. and then being a good coach. Mm-hmm. You know, so how do you balance it? You know, I I don't know. I just feel like that I've got two different days every day. I've got the day of school and work. I've got about a fifteen minute drive home. Mm. Then I get home, take a deep breath, and then I start my my really most important job for the next four hours mm-hmm. or however long. And so. You know, I try to start my day with a quiet time every day, read my Bible, pray, and uh, do that, and then try to exercise some, and then uh, that helps. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, I really, really, really love reading God's Word, and I think that keeps everything respected. God really talks to you when you read His Word. That's right. A lot of people say, yeah, I pray all the time, but they don't read their Bible. Mm. I'm like, well, you're not reading. You know, the Bible tells us that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. I mean, Jesus is God's Word. I mean, Jesus and the Word... If you want to know Jesus and understand how to live this life and have wisdom, you got to be in the Word. That's right. And so many people, so many adults are not in the Word. So I try to do that. Me and my wife really love God's Word. But keeping it balanced is, you know, high school football in, in Texas and legacy is, is important. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's, it's just important. It's not the most important. That's a good it's, perspective. It's those other things. So I, 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 can, I can actually go home. Take a deep breath, walk in that door, my garage door. Say, Dad's home, what's going on, family? You know, yell at them, kind of get their attention. And then that starts and all the rest stops. Hmm. It's just over. And then I just go back to work the next day. And you learn as you can do this enough that, that those things at work will be there tomorrow. You don't have to dwell on them at home because you've got a family. You know, you got important things to do. You got important people to listen to and talk to and spend time with. And, you know, so that's, I guess that's a balance. It's just when I'm gone, I'm, I'm, I'm all in at school. And then I am try to be all in at home, and then that's it. That's good. I mean, that's a good reminder for, I mean, I'm not in, in the coaching, but just even for me that when I'm at home, be home. Well, you know, not physically, but just but be the, there. Th- those, those things at school or work, they're, not, they're fine. They'll, they'll be there tomorrow. That's right. You can go back there and work on it. Hey, uh, you know, the house ain't going to burn down. You're not going to get thrown in prison. I mean, you just, it's, it's good. You got food, you got family, you got home. That's right. I love being home. I mean, I love my home. I love it. That's good. So let me ask you, um, without, I'm not getting in, in the politics, but sports has a unique way to bring people together. You know, there's a lot of division in culture. 
whether it's politics, race, socioeconomics, even religion. But sports seems to be one of the few things that can unite people. So how have you seen that um, football, in your case, kind of tear down those walls? Well, I'll tell you what I think unites people. Uh, common causes and, and uh, working hard together mm -hmm. for a common cause. That will unite you and, and, and put, bring together more mm -hmm. than anything else. And so in football, and of course I experienced it with all my teammates. And then go to Oklahoma and the team's very diverse. Mm -hmm. And it don't matter. You out there, you, you, you working together and that guy next to you is working his tail off and you working your tail off. And we, hey, we love each other. We bonded and we're gonna go out there and beat Nebraska. Mm -hmm. That's it. We're gonna go out there and beat Oklahoma State in college. You know, we can go out there and beat in high school. We can go out there and beat, uh, attempt to beat Lancaster and Highland Park and Timberview. And we're, we're all in this thing together. We got a common cause. We got a mission statement. We're together. Mm -hmm. And so athletics, and I think football more than anything, because mm -hmm. it's just harder. There's just, it's nothing like it. It's just difficult. Getting hit, getting up, having pain, heat, hot, pads on, helmet on. It's, it's just, it can be miserable. And when you do it a lot together and you work hard, you just really create a bond. It's a bond that it, it breaks down all, all religious barriers, races, social. Hey, it's one team, one common goal, and it's awesome. It's the greatest teacher of how it should be in the real world of anything I've found. Very true. And to me, every time I hear coaches or even athletes talk about that, to me, it's just a reminder of that's really a picture of how the church should operate, the big C. You know, common go, common calls, the gospel. Don't make disciples. You know, we shouldn't be tearing each other down. Stuff. You know, Doesn't unite matter. around loving you know, God and loving others. I think there's one race. It's human race. Mm -hmm. That's it, the human race. And, uh, man, I love I love my athletes. And uh, I, love bring, I love them coming together. Absolutely. I, I love the You know, most kids play because they like being on the team. Mm -hmm. You want to be on the team. Why? Because yeah. this team's a good deal. It's a great place to be. You're important. You got a role. You belong. You're somebody right here. This matters. And so, um, football just breaks down all that stuff. All that stuff is just a mindset. That's right. It doesn't mean anything. That's right. I mean, it's real in, in some people's minds. Oh yeah. But in football, in sports in general, ah, that stuff goes away in a hurry. Yeah. It goes away. It has to. You can't I, be successful. Yeah, I just think it's a it's a beautiful picture of, of how we should all live. Whether you shouldn't be, we shouldn't have to play football. To, no, oh no, to, no. But it's a great example of how together. it could be. Yeah, how it should be. Yeah. So this next question is more for advice to offer a student athlete or a coach. I mean, it's not. You talked about you know the way you build your program, but there are some out there that struggle with using the platform of athletics to be bold in their face. So how would you encourage that coach or student athlete that is a believer but is, is struggling with um, taking that next step and being bold? I mean, um, what would you do? Well, number one, I mean, what are you doing it for? Hmm. And what, what, what's your purpose? What's your purpose now? I think that you should be a Christian who coaches and not a coach who's a Christian. I mean, it's a whole different way to see yourself. That's right. But um, I don't know. I, I just think if you genuinely love the Lord, you, it's going to naturally come out of who you are. Um, I, taught, I had a college coach, Urban Meyer, come in my office and talk about how we prepare our kids for after football. 
and, and I didn't say anything, but it hit me. What are you doing preparing for after death? Mm. I mean, after life, once you've died, what's next? Because that's a long time. You know, the Bible tells us that what? Uh, our life's just a mist or a vapor. It's gone. Here today, gone tomorrow. Okay, so, but we're all worried about that amount of time, that little nothing, instead of that real long one that waits all of us. If you're a believer and you understand that, well, yeah, you need to be bold. You're not going to get fired. Nobody's going to fire you for sharing your faith. Sharing your faith is, is not against the law. It's not against any, any, any policy. It's sharing your faith is one thing. And you share kids, hey, you know, I'm a Christian. And that's what that means. And I ask kids, what, it, what do you think it means when I tell you I'm a Christian? Do you believe in God? No, that's not what a Christian is. That's right. Okay? That's what you think, but it's not. A Christian is someone who's realized that I want a relationship with God, but I'm a sinner and I can't have one. There's a separation. I need to ask God to forgive me and, and, and be forgiven. And he sent his son Jesus down here to the service to die on the cross for me so that I may be forgiven. So I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ to forgive me of my sins and now have a relationship with God. And that's what it means to be a Christian. Mm. And, 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 and that's what I believe in. So I tell my kids, so when I share the Bible with you, and I say the Bible says something, I mean, that's what I believe is really true. I said, you're going to read your Twitter. You're going to read your Instagram. You're going to read Snapchat. And most of that stuff isn't true. But man, if you read your Bible, all that stuff to me as a Christian, I believe is true. It's God's word is true. So to be bold is... If you feel led to share, it could start off something little like, hey, man, God loves you. Hey, man, I love you. You guys are awesome. So God gave us a great day today. Let's use it. Hmm. Boy, it's a great day. God's blessed with a great day, boys. What are we going to do with it? Let's go have a great day, Broncos. And you just say subtle little things that, you know, may sound different. Uh, but it's a truth. Mm-hmm. And so you just share little things here and there. And then you know, one of the greatest times to share your faith and share God's word is when a kid's in trouble. Mm. When they've gotten in trouble and they come in and you start looking at them in the eye and you say, okay, buddy. And I'll ask them and the parents will be in there. Hey, you believe what the Bible says? Oh, yeah. Okay, well, here's what it says about you. Your problem is it's a rebellion problem. You got a sin problem. You're doing this. You shouldn't be doing that. Here, this Bible says right here, it says this. Boom, boom, boom. And you, and you tell them. That's the issue we're having here. Mm. And then you can really share the truth with them because there ain't no other answer. There's no other answer for discipline. And they're searching for answers no at that point. Answer. They're already in trouble. There's no other so. answer for, for how to get it fixed. Mm-hmm. There's only one answer. And most mom and daddy will say, that's what I've been telling you. Mm. That's what I've been saying. Nobody's going to fight you. If they do, you just say, hey, wait, if you don't talk about it, I'm just sharing my truth. I'm, not sharing, my, I'm sharing the truth. That's right. My truth. I don't right. have the truth. But the truth. And so, but I found in almost, and, and you, you know, the spirit will lead you. That's right. I mean, there's a lead. You're not like just throwing darts at it. You know, you, God's in your life, so you you got you kind of got a sense of what's going on and, and he gives you those opportunities like you wouldn't believe. Once you start sharing, Coach, whoever is out there, God will open the door and you'll just be able to have to share something. It'll just come out. You won't even know it's coming out. You don't even plan it. But you have to look for opportunities to share and go make disciples. You know, and so, you know, I just think share little things. Um, be honest who you are. When you screw up, say, hey, guys, I messed up. Mm. You know, I shouldn't do that. That's bad. Y'all forgive me. That's bad. You know, be real. Be real. You know, and sometimes I do things bad just so, you know, of course I'm not very good. But, I mean, hey, I, 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 I'm, I'm bad like y'all. I mean, I'm, I'm no different. I'm a sinner saved by grace. So, 
I just share the truth. I just think they should share the truth and out of love and out of their heart. I mean, it should overflow from you. And if you're afraid, if, if you are afraid of what a school district might say or an AD might say, if you share anything about Jesus, then you need to think about what you're doing. Mm. I mean, what, do you trust that, that, that school district with your life or Jesus Christ? Do you trust God or them? I mean, who do you, what are you living for? I mean, sometimes I think it's a cop-out. I hate to be blunt, but, well, I would say something, but, you know, I don't want to get fired. Well, who think got you that job? Who gave you the job? God, God gave you the job. Every good thing that you've ever been given is from God. That's There's right. nothing you have you haven't been given. So are you going to trust him? Or are you going to trust some human that you don't even know who they are, really, with your life? You know? And so I think you've got to come to that conclusion in your mind. Hey, just trust God and, and love people and do the best you can. And if you get scolded and reprimanded, well, listen, pay attention. Yes, sir. And then when something comes up, just be yourself again. And God's going to honor that obedience, right? And we've already talked about obedience. I mean, God honors obedience, gives well, yeah. favor to obedience. So standing up for Him, He's... I mean, whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. I mean, what are you doing? That's right. What are you, what are you doing? I mean, and I'm bad about wanting to win all the time. I get caught up in winning sometimes. Now, because I just, I love to compete now. You don't know me, Stuart, but I mean, I'm a competitive <laughs> person. But, and that's a, and, and it's never wrong to want to win and compete, but sometimes... I, I act. I don't act very Christ-like sometimes when right. I'm competing. So God's still. I'm 50. God's still working on me. I mean, I'm so imperfect. Imperfect. So, and I'm real about that. But I think that's key, though. You mentioned, and I think that's true for anybody, whether they're athletics or not, is to be real and and to be able to admit mistakes. Yeah. I mean, because a lot of times people think, oh, I'm, I can't be a Christian because I'm not good enough, or I do this. But no, that's good. Well, I mean, good night. I mean. I tell people all the time, God's in the human business. That's right. He's in the business of, you know, he created us, every one of us. He knows we're going, I mean, he knows who, he knows what he's creating. He knows us. This thing you're dealing with, hey, don't shock God. He knows. He can handle it. Go mm-hmm. to him. Anyway. No, that's good. Don't mean to be rambling on that. No, 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 that's but good. I just tell a young coach or an old coach, anybody, I mean, what's your heart tell you to do? Mm, follow you, yeah. I mean, not that the heart, the heart can be sick, but if you feel led to say something and the, 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 the time leaves and they walk away and the, and the moment's over and you're like I should have said something well then next time be ready that's right because there'll be another time pray for it and it just it ought to come natural just ought to just come natural and I think it goes back to one of the things you said I was just kind of leading to, to the last question I was going to ask you you know if you're spending that time in the word consistently then you're going to be ready right I mean because you know it's going to come out of the overflow of our heart, and we, it's overflowing because we're spending that, that time in the Word. So that leads me to, I mean, you did mention your passion for God's Word. So um, is there a scripture that you claim is like a life verse, or is there one that God's shown you recently that you'd share with us to, to close it out and encourage us? Well, Psalms 37. You know, I, you know, as a head coach, sometimes, you know, you could get fired. I mean, if you depends who's your who, who's who's your, mm-hmm. your your administrators, who's your school board, who 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 has the power to tell you, hey, we don't want you anymore, Coach Melson. We don't want you around here. What? Who is that people? I don't know who that is for you, but you know, there's been times in in, in Legacy and in Electra where you know people were saying things to me that weren't real, didn't look like they really wanted me around. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it happens as a head coach, especially, and so I just dig into Psalms 37. 
and uh, I might share it with you. I don't have it memorized. I should, but it, it's been the greatest um, vindication type of verses. You know, King David longed for vindication and things like that. And so, if you're really if you're really living, I mean, <laughs> imperfectly, but trying to live for God's God's word and God's ways and all that, and you go to the Book of Psalms and, and, and verse 37. You know, I just, I'll just, it's about the first 11 verse. It says, Do not fret because of those who are evil, or be envious of those who do wrong. For like the grass, they will soon wither. Like green plants, they'll soon die away. Trust in the Lord and do good. Hmm. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. That's good. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in Him. He'll do this. He will make your righteous reward shine like the dawn, your vindication like the noonday sun. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. Mm. Refrain from anger. Turn from wrath. Do not fret. It leads only to evil. For those who are evil will be destroyed, but those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. They will mm. inherit the land. It says, a little while and the wicked will be no more. Though you look for them, they'll not be found. But the meek will inherit the land and enjoy peace and prosperity. And so, I'm like, hey, I believe that. That's good stuff. I've lived that yeah. more than one time. God's Word is just so rich and comforting and true. And so you just keep being obedient. You just keep loving people and doing it the way you think God would have you to do it. He's faithful. 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 He loves me. You know, and, and, and when you're really, I mean, you're not going to be, I mean, I don't do it right. right. I, I don't do it right, Stuart. I screw up a lot. But I know God knows my heart. He looks at my heart, right? Mm -hmm. He looks at your heart. And if your heart's right and you're, you're with the Lord and you're, you're in a right relationship with Him and you're really trying to do it the best you can and, and honor Him with everything you do and commit it to Him. I mean, these words, they're real. And uh, so I would say that that, that that Psalm right there at 37 as a head football coach, uh, if I caught flack, you know, there's a job where they thought I was, I was uh, some of the people in town are preaching too much, talking too much about Jesus. You need to cuss some more. You need to act like this. And I said, hey, you know what? I'm just going to keep doing it the way I feel like I should do it. Mm. And there was so much vindication. I mean, I didn't do anything. God did everything in my life. So I just say that's it. I mean, that's, that's, that's a good one. No, I mean, scripture for me. Trust in the Lord. That's it. And he will do this. That's right. He will do this. And you'll even, look around and those people planning bad and you're still standing and your things are going well and you're like, well, okay. Just move on. It, it's, ama it's amazing. That is true. You know, I, I tell you, I'm sitting here just kind of, I take notes through all of these and, and I, I'll always like to, you know, find a couple nuggets of, of all the interviews. But really the one thing that I'm walking away from is just a reminder that uh, no matter how the how the day is, just start that day in the Word. You know, it's just a good reminder. I, and I've been through seasons of my life where it's been passionate. And then obviously there are seasons where you you're that person that says, "I pray a lot and I'm tired. I'm not. I'm just going to start my day without the Word." And, yeah, I, and, oh, yeah. and that's not a good day. Well, I, I appreciate you saying that because that, that's what's on my heart always when I talk to anybody, any believer. Mm -hmm. I teach adult Sunday school. I have for 20 years. Mm. And I, about the, every lesson at the end is, hey, man, I want to really encourage you to get in your Word every day. Because mm -hmm. I don't know how you're going to make it without it. Because what, what people mostly put in their head 
is off that cell phone. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's not the Bible app. It's Oh, it's definitely it's not the Facebook. Bible app, right? It's Twitter. It's mm-hmm. Instagram. It's Fox mm-hmm. News. It's CNN. It's Instagram. I don't know what it is, mm-hmm. but it ain't Jesus. That's right. And I, my daughter's 23, and she's struggling through a few things in her life right now. And I said, you spending time with God? I pray every day. Okay, you're praying. You're talking to him. But if you're not opening that Bible and reading it, mm. he ain't talking to you. Whew, that's good. He ain't talking. It's a two-way relationship. You can pray for all you want. God, let me have this. God, help this. God, do this. God. Okay. What has God told you? Well, I don't know. Well, you haven't listened because you haven't opened up the Word. I think the biggest problem in all churches, in the church of God, all the churches, God's church, the church, mm-hmm. Christians don't read their Bibles. That's right. And then it's okay in church to allow this immoral sin to go on and this one and this one and this one. Well, that's not what the Bible says. You got to get in the Bible. You got to get in the Word. That's if right. you want a good marriage, you got to be in the Word. If you want to be a good dad. Now, I'm not a very good husband and I ain't a very good dad, but if I went to my Word every day, I'd be really bad. I tell people I'd all, be really bad. I tell people all the I'd time. I'd be awful. I was bad enough without it. Yeah, with it with that's it. what I tell people all the time. I said, I can tell you how not to be a good husband, how not to be a good dad, but to your point, though, yeah. if you're not in the Word, I would be even worse. Oh, well, you know, they had that movie come out, Supersize Me, mm-hmm. where that guy ate McDonald's for 30 days and he about dang near died. It was awful. I thought, man, just do the opposite for my life. If I spend 30 days, I'm not going to read God's Word or pray for 30 days. I cannot imagine what would be going on in my life. That's how I think essential God's Word and time with Him is daily. And Jesus, it said in the Bible, Jesus got up early in the morning, went out to a faraway place to spend time with the Lord. Mm-hmm. He got up and went away in the morning. I think you do it in the morning. I think I God says, give me your first fruits. He never says, give me your last bits. You're first. Give him you every day. And man, he's faithful. Absolutely. Because I know I'm not going to do it at night. That's the last Heck thing. No. no, I'm tired and ready. I'm done. You just got to realize know? really what's, what's, what, what gets you, what is the most important thing to you. That's good stuff. And that, that's the thing you got to get. You got to get it done. You got to get it done. I don't like going on vacations and getting off schedule because sometimes it's, it's all jacked up. But when I'm home and it's on time, that's a good deal. Very good. good deal. Well, I appreciate it. I know it's a busy time. I appreciate you taking a few minutes and sharing your heart. I know it's been encouraging to me. Um, as I've heard your name a lot in the Dallas area to, to, to sit down and, and talk and, and hear your heart for not just coaching, but just your, your passion for the Word. It's, it's been a true encouragement for me. Good I deal. It. I'm Hey, Stuart, thanks for having me. Nice meeting you. And uh, um, I just uh, want to encourage you to keep doing what you're doing. Sounds like it's going really well for you. Awesome. Thank you. Wow, what a what an incredible time to to hear from Coach Melson and just again his heart, his heart for Christ, his heart for God's word, and to live unapologetically for the gospel. There's so many different things that we could talk about, but the most important thing, and it's something that I am always um, trying to improve on, and that's time in the Word. And his passion that you must start every day in the Word. And just how coaches, how he has that mission statement and core values. But all of his core values, team, truth, hard work, relationships, championship, today, future, every one of those, all seven of them are rooted in a specific scripture. That everything that he does is grounded in God's Word and guided by God's Word. So thank you again to Coach Melson for for sharing. Um, He encouraged student-athletes 
and coaches that want to use their platform of athletics for the gospel to, to ask a couple questions. And I think we can all, whether we're in athletics or not, can ask the same question. What are you doing it for? Who are you doing it for? And then he specifically said, are you, are you trusting Jesus or are you trusting a school district? That hit me. I'm not a coach. I'm not an athlete. I'm not in the athletics profession. But I know in my current job, sometimes I, I get scared about what are they going to say. But I have to ask myself, am I trusting Jesus or am I, where's my trust and my faith in an organization? I hope that I can change my perspective even more and trust Jesus more fully in that area. And he also talked about, as a coach, a college coach sitting in his office said, you know, Coach, I I like to prepare guys for life after football. And his thought was, I'm going to prepare guys for um, eternity, more than life after football. I want to change guys' eternal destiny. Just an incredible, incredible time. And just... Again, the importance of God's Word. He he said many of us are guilty of saying, well, I pray. But then the follow-up question is, are you you in God's Word? Because a lot of times when we're praying, it's us asking, 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 asking. But when we couple that with time in God's Word, we're allowing God to speak to us. We're listening because God's Word is active. It's powerful. So thank you again to Coach Melson for, for challenging me personally. I hope there's somebody listening that feels the same way that was convicted, challenged, and encouraged because I know I was as I sat there across a little table in the lobby of a convention center in Houston. I sat there convicted of my lackluster time in the Word some days that I need to deepen my desire to dig deeper daily in the Word. So thank you to Coach Melson. Thank you for listening. I know there's somebody that's listening that was deeply encouraged. If you were, forward it to a family member or a friend and allow them to hear the same message that you just heard that encouraged you. As always, if you're not a subscriber, hit the subscribe button. And lastly, interact with us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you can just search All In Sports Outreach or go to our website, www.allinsportsoutreach.org. We'd love to hear from you. But also you can find out who we are, why we do what we do, opportunities to pray for us, to serve, and to give. And I know me personally, I'm very grateful for your prayers, your support, and your encouragement.